0: We enter into the presence of the Father, each one as a renewed child of God. We have not come in the power of the good works which we have done. We have come only because of the grace and mercy which we have in Christ Jesus. We thank the Lord for saving us. We thank the Lord for washing us clean. We have come to Mount Zion, to the city of the living God, the heavenly Jerusalem. We have come to thousands upon thousands of angels in joyful assembly, to the church of the firstborn whose names are written in heaven. We have come to God, the judge of all. We have come to the spirits of righteous, made perfect. We have come to Jesus, the mediator of a new covenant. And to the sprinkled blood that speaks better things than the blood of Abel, we declare in the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. Please, can you just greet your neighbor for me? Say, please try and wake up. What's going on? Is everything okay? Bless the person. I Bless the person. All right? You know, I'm, per- I'm perceiving the spirit of, I'm feeling sleepy. Are you feeling it? So you are trying to wake somebody up, like Chook is sitting down there. No matter what I say, he's going to remain on that seat. Is that not what I'm talking about? I tell him to get up. Uh-huh. I never begin to preach. He can't stand up. When I start preaching, go. You give him a pillow. You see how so? The Lord is good. Uh-huh, the Lord is good. Say in the name of Jesus. My ears open. My ears open. In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. My heart receive. receive. Alright, let's take a declaration of understanding. We want to let's go. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him, and I'm being filled with the knowledge of His will in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I am pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work, and I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. The word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area, and it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus, in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Right, let's our The Lord is good. All right. I think we are beginning to come to the end of the series. Faith-based. I'm not saying we end it today. I say at least now I begin to see that the end is in kind of sight. You understand? Yeah. Um, and today should be the 20th, I think. That series, I think, is 20. Okay. All right. The Lord is good. Uh, let's take a portion of the scriptures today to and have our text because it's a t- teaching series we have been on. Is a series of um, teachings on the fundamental principles of prayer. I will read two of them again. Oh no, I'll read the third one. Let's first just remind ourselves of what we read last time from the book of Joshua. Joshua chapter one. God told Joshua, Be strong and courageous, for you shall give these people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. But you require strength and courage. That's in verse 7. What is that strength and courage to be primarily concerning is to be careful to do according to all the law which Moses commanded you. You need strength and courage not to turn from it to the right or to the left. Life will continually put before you temptations and trials to make you turn to the left or the right. But you need strength and courage not to do any of the above. All right? That is turning to the left and the right. So you say, what are you supposed to do? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. Now I'm reading verse 8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. But you shall meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have success. Let's be reminded of the meaning of the word meditate. The word is actually in that context, in that verse 8, the meaning is there. In fact, they teach that to children who are learning English language, how to derive meaning from the sentence. On the context. You may not know the word. I think it's one of the things I've seen it in their, in their English um, lesson before, seen in their notes. You may not know the word, but then you read the context in which it is used, you get the meaning. And then even though you are not taught that, you learn that in life. Now, if you don't have too many preconceived ideas concerning certain words, you can easily derive the real meaning. Like here now, it said this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate therein. So it's a contrast. It shall not depart from your mouth. What's the next line? Answer like you're here with me now. It's clear. It's a contrast. Departing from your mouth, the opposite is meditate. So when I tell you the meaning of the word meditate, you see it is clear from the context. The literal is mutter to yourself. So that's why he said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall mutter to yourself. On it, day and night. So meditation does not mean to think. It means to mutter. If it was to think, we have said, this book of the law shall not depart from your heart and your mind. But you shall meditate, think on it, day and night. It did not say so. What it said is that it shall not depart from what? Your mouth. But you shall meditate. Because the word meditate does not mean to think. It means to mutter. Alright? It means the word is on your mouth. With God the mouth is very important. The mouth is very important. He placed the mouth there to control your whole body. The mouth was put there to control your funny enough, your thoughts and your actions. Now out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Yeah, we look at that. So we think the mouth is just a a a a, a, an, a, a what do you call it? An outlet, an overflow valve. That is one of the functions of the mouth. But the main function of the mouth is to give direction. That's why be careful in the house. Don't threaten what you should not do. Do you get my point? What you know you shouldn't do, don't threaten it. You tell your wife, one day I'm going to slap you. And you keep on saying that. Tell your husband, one day I will leave this house. You mean it as a threat. But your body doesn't understand. Your spirit and soul, they don't get the point. What they know is that, okay, we have a plan. So they start walking towards it. You must understand that this human being, the being of a person, your being generates spiritual activities that control and direct events around. So if you continue to say that, after a while, without you realizing it, your soul, your spirit, together, they will walk And create the circumstances to make you carry out what I've been saying for a long time. Most people don't even remember where it began from. They only tell you the circumstances around, but the circumstances were created because you had used the mouth to charge the being in a particular way, and they began to radiate, or it began to radiate an aura, they call it in those who study mystical things. It creates an aura around you so that events are produced to bring to pass that which has been threatening for a long time. I hope you're getting my point. The mouth was given to give direction to life. That's why James said it, all right? That when he wanted to talk about the mouth, he compared the mouth to the steering of a great truck. Of course, they didn't have trucks where we have it now, they had ships. So that was what he used the ship is controlled by a rudder. And it goes in whichever direction the pilot desires. He says, so is the mouth. And he said that the greatest thing for a man to tame is his mouth. I hope you're getting my point. That this is one thing you must tame. It's hard, but you must do it. It's the assignment you have. Tame the mouth. If you can control the mouth, you control the direction of your life. I hope you're getting my point. And Satan who understands a lot of spiritual things. That's where, when he wants to tempt, please I talk about Satan once in a while. Oh, no, not once in a while, a lot. Uh, because, I don't talk about witches, you know. I am talking about Satan, more like him. <laughs> Because he's at work all the time, so you have to be, I don't want to be unaware of his schemes, the devices, the method that he uses. So what he wants all the time is to have you use your mouth wrongly, persuade you to say things that are in disagreement with the word of God, sometimes in secret, it's just, just between the two of us. It doesn't matter. Once you say it, you have said it. I hope you're getting my point. The mouth is very, very, very important to God. He placed it there to give you a life direction. And that's why I tell people that, listen, speak according to what is written. He said to the law and to the testimony, if they do not speak according to these words, God because they have no light in them. The light is not shining upon them. That is, the assignment we have as believers is to speak according to, not according to your desires or according to your feelings. You speak according to that which is written. The reason is because that is what your life is supposed to conform with. The plan of God is that that is which is said concerning Jesus will also take place in your life. He said, the word became flesh and dwelt amongst us. In the same manner, you are supposed to become eventually the word becoming flesh, dwelling amongst man. That's mankind. All right? You had to believe the word. So you speak according to that which is written, not according to that which you feel. The issue of feeling, like they say, is overrated. People overrate feelings like crazy. I saw a joke the other day. One man said, I was born a man, but now I identify as a woman. The other guy said, "Mm." said, Who are you to judge? The other guy said, I identify as a judge. <laughs> if you can identify as a woman, I can identify as a judge. One of the craziest things this world has ever heard. Now why doesn't you know I see it shock some people? They can't just wrap their heads around it. I can because I saw it in the Bible. He like said God gives them over to a depraved mind. God gives them over to a delusion. What can make you believe that which is silly and stupid? Otherwise, how will a world, that is when I say world now, adults, educated human beings settle down, and prime ministers, heads of states, you ask them what's a woman, and they don't know. And they say it depends. It depends on the context. What I'm trying to say is that feeling started dictating who is a woman and who is not a woman. So if I feel like a woman, I'm a woman. And you cannot question me because you are not yet identifying as a judge. <laughs> yeah. Because people decide that they are going to use their feelings to dictate things. So people are said to be gender fluid. What do mean by gender fluid? If they turn like this, they are female. If they turn like this, they are male. If they lie on the side, they are nothing. Yeah. BBC did a documentary. A teaching video, so not a documentary. For your children, and explain that there are over a hundred genders. And that video was targeted at five, six, seven year olds, less than ten. BBC. BBC. They come to schools and teach children that they don't know what they are, whether they are male or female. They should grow up and discover, depending on how they feel. It's a feeling thing I'm talking about. So, of course, children feel like Many things, depending on. You, know, you feel that one of my sons then he used to do one funny thing. It took me a while to realize what was wrong with this guy. He walked around the house. There was always something on his waist. Sometimes his slippers. There's one slipper, one side, one half pair. Stuck it inside, stick it inside his uh, belt. Then, and you call him, you call, maybe as soon as you call him, he pulls on his belt and sticks. A ruler inside there. <laughs> At the point that I was almost become, I was almost beginning to get worried. Until I watched TV with them. Oh I'm forgotten which one. There was one particular cartoon character that has something here. Either is his gun. You know this guy or a sword, here. So the guy always went around, you know, with a sword here. So my guy which, which one was that? Okay, was it some? Yeah, I think it was Samurai Jack. So the guy was feeling like Samurai Jack. So when they say, "What's your gender?" Jack. <laughs> you know, it took me a while to realize that, Oh, that's what's this guy's problem. Because Samurai Jack used to fight. Was he a coup? Cool? Yes. yes. Always fight. We live in to fight on that day. So the guy always went around with his. I said, "Oh, my son is feeling like a samurai." So, what's your gender? Jack. Why? That's how he feels. And BBC said it's okay. He said, Pastor, you're just being ridiculous. No. They recognize that some people feel like they are part of the stars and it's a gender. They call it the astrogender. BBC did a documentary to teach children they can have an astrogender. Yes, sir. (laughs) Uh, No, the madness has reached its height. The good thing that is that people are now reacting. There's a lot of backfire now. There's a lot of backfire going on. That like people say, no. Hey, it, it is enough. Can you imagine that? It's not a joke. The British Medical Council, the NHS on their website is there in the information they have. They wiped out breastfeeding as a discriminatory terminology. They so now I call it chest feeding. Yeah, they call it chest feeding. So they don't call mothers anymore. They call them birthing partners. Yeah, like my wife and I go to the clinic say, who's going to have the baby? Which one of the two of you? <laughs> and then she's the birthing partner. Yeah, she's the one that will birth the baby. Because they don't know who's the husband, who's the, who's the wife. They really don't know. So they just look. We can't even judge. Hey, <laughs> one day, this was, I think was it yeah, it was the last time I traveled. So, okay, I was rolling with my friend, so. So he had arranged an Uber to pick us from the airport to where we were going. By the time we came down, I asked him, oh boy, was that a man or a woman that drove us? Till that lead, sorry, till that person left, I could not decide whether I was driven by a man or by a woman. The Uber driver picked us from the airport, drove us a great distance to where we were going. Finally now we came down, you know. I knew I was not in Nigeria, so before I go and do things, I'll land me. In deportation or you know or jail, I, I was very quiet, but I kept on looking in the mirror, looking at this fella. And by the time they, by the by time they finally drove off, that's what they use. I could not. De- I had to ask. had to ask my friend, bro, that our taxi driver was I a man or a woman? The guy said, "Bensoniba." I have no idea too. <laughs> no, he had no idea. Just look, this world is not my home. I'm going back to Nigeria. America is not my home. I'm going back to, in Nigeria I can tell who's who. And if I don't know, I call you I say, hey, come, here' you my woman. <laughs> and you're not going to take offense. And you can't. If you take offense, I call the police. And the police will ask you what is wrong with you. They won't ask me about my trespass. They say you safe, I'll make up your own day, you Say so the way you dread like the guy who tells you'll be woman now. I beg I beg, I beg. <laughs> Why? Because we lay more emphasis on how people feel than on that which is written. That's the point. Let's not lay emphasis on. You see, if you start it, you don't know where to end. Like I said the other day, I saw Piers Morgan, internationally renowned, you know, talk show host. I felt sorry for him, but I felt like calling and say, Piers, you are part of the problem. Why? Because he can't understand how on earth they got to this point how a British prime minister, a Scottish first minister, could not answer what is a woman. America was intervening a judge to, to confirm her for the seats on the Supreme Court. And is it uh, Katanja, what's her name now? Katanja K- Ketan, eh? brown Yes, Katanja Brown-Jackson. She couldn't define what a woman is. And she's going to the Supreme Court of the United States. She did not know, she couldn't tell what it was a woman. So that the current British Prime Minister, you know, some people will be saying for a long time, you know they are coming to, but the current British Prime Minister, you know where he's from? I mean, I'm Gistan, I'll am get back to my message in a moment. This Jis, and did hot person but sometimes you can't help. You know where he's from originally? India. He's a, that's Rishi Sunak. I found out today, yesterday, that the Scottish Prime Minister is Pakistani. I said, these guys are taking over, forget it. Yeah. The current Scottish, what they call, First Minister. The guy is Pakistani, Muslim. Yeah, that, he took office a few, about six weeks ago or so. The other woman was sacked, partly because, under her watch, a male rapist, a man raped a woman. He was arrested and charged. During the trial, He said he's actually identifying as a woman. When they convicted him, he was placed in female prison. Did you hear what I said? You're not getting me. This male creature had forceful carnal knowledge of a female. Then by sentencing time for his crime, he said, identify as a woman. So they took him and gave him to all women that this is now your roommate. Pray you don't get raped for that. Then the people said no. This is one of the reasons why they say, Prime Minister, come and go home. And replaced her with a Muslim from Pakistan. You've heard me prophesy for a long time. It's going to happen, no? And it is God. Ah, <sighs> Let me get back to my message. Mouth. That's the emphasis. We speak according to that which is written. Feelings are overrated. Are you getting my point? Let me quickly drop one small one. There is nothing like falling in love. It's blindness. If you fall in love, you've lost your senses. Partially. Not joking. You cannot think rationally again. May the Lord help you. May you never fall in love. Amen. I'm telling you, if you won't say the amen, I'll say it for you. All these young, young boys and young, young girls, especially. All those of you who have, uh, who have uh, married, you can fall into pepper soup. That doesn't concern us. You're already in soup. <laughs> I'm telling you, I'm telling you the truth. Feelings are overrated. People don't know. You say, hey, Pastor, if I can't fall in love, you shouldn't. It's carnal, it's fleshly. He's soulish, using the word of the Red Prince. He's soulish. What am I supposed to do? You know what the Bible says you're supposed to do? He said, Because he has set his love upon me. Can't read that scripture very well. Psalm 91. Love you take and set. Don't fall. You will clear your eye. If your brethren say, Look, love this woman. And you say, is that so? You ask questions. You will check if out a few things. If you are convinced, you wake up in the morning, carry your love, and set it. What I've told you is revelation. Yes. Write it down. Yes. Operate by it. You will see the results. <laughs> Those who don't understand what I'm saying, after you've married for three years, four years, they say, I don't feed the love anymore. God said it decreased. Who says you feel the love? You have screwed the love into position. You have hammered it into place. You have tightened it. You have sworn it. You have signed it. Feeling is overrated. My friend, go and love your wife as Christ loved the church. Do you think Christ Jesus was feeling in love with you? You were very useless when he was dying for you on the cross. <laughs> True. Just love is like that. It's a decision carry it, you set it. The other day, I was watching a movie. And I, t- I said, Father God, my wife and I, the whole family, actually, watched a bit of it. I said, Lord, I thank you. My name is not Huzia. You don't know Go and read Hosia, You know what they call love. That's the only love I've seen that's got unconditional. Even God, when well, he was doing that, but he's God, he can do all things. Come telling me to be doing things that only God can do. Hosia's wife got up, followed another man. Why married to Hosia? And then, she annoyed the man. The man had that disciplined and sold into slavery. And when they were selling, I would go buy five hundred dollars. I forgot the amount of money. Let's just narrow it. Maybe ten thousand for a slave, hundred thousand. Hosia came and said two fifty k. I would bid everybody and collected the. Let me not abuse again. Now somebody wife. Collected the woman and carried her home. And I look and say, Father God, thank you. Each one has grace according to measure, <laughs> the measure of the gift of Christ. Since I don't have this gift, I don't have this grace. Where you go and do a movie on Hosea's wife now? This is a Vine Nation. The Lord is good. That's lo- when I saw that one. I just said, Kai, this is not love. Even I had to, I had to respect. I just look at Hosea. I salute, 21 gun salute. Those are the Wakapas. Because there's no, I've not seen such love. No, not in Nigeria. All these men looking at me. They will never, don't go near them. They, they are the ones that will sell you into slavery. They, they are not buying. (laughs) Oh, the Lord is good. I'm talking about love. Love is, is a decision. It's not a feeling. I hope I get my point. And once you have made the decision, you have made it. And it's not a feeling, it's an action or a set of actions. After decision has been made, actions are now taken. You now start taking actions, all right, that support your decisions or that are in keeping with the decision you have made. That's how life is lived as a believer. Spirit is not the same thing as feeling. Honestly, that the way the spirit works is different. It is soul that works so much on feeling. Feeling, like Charles has said it, it follows thought. Charles has said feelings follow thought. That is, if you make up your mind what you will think about, you will decide how the feelings will react. I hope you're getting my point. That the feeling will start following the decision you have made concerning what you will think about. Just illustrate it again, I don't drink beer. Not because the Bible says I shouldn't, but I think it tastes awful. I don't drink things that are not sweet. If you're hot in my mouth, I ain't drinking. If you smell bad, I'm not drinking. If you're bitter, I'm not drinking. If you're sour, I'm not drinking. There's one mother that makes very nice yogurt. They said that the real yogurt is sour. When I collect it, I pour half a container of sugar into it. I mix it before I start eating it. She said, Ah, you are taking sweet yogurt. I say, what's wrong with it? Do I look like a gluten for punishment? Just wake up in the morning, make yourself sad. When I'm sick, I'll take medicine. This is not medicine, I'm not sick right now. What's your problem? They you don't have a pleasant taste and swallowing you. Get it clear? That's how I am. Anything you have to explain to me, I'm not eating. <laughs> Ask my wife. We go to places. And say, my wife wants to eat the ones that she doesn't know. <laughs> I don't experiment with my stomach. <laughs> my stomach is not a laboratory. I'm telling you. <laughs> I have traveled great distances to eat jollof rice. My wife well, said, "This is boring." Ah, okay. I am not going to experiment. If I can't, you know, for As long as I put my mouth, it doesn't taste nice. Eh, eh, leave it. That's the way I am. I don't believe in punishing myself. Now, the, back to the marriage. Why I said it. So I never understood why people drank beer or stout for years, until I asked one of my colleagues. I was just saying as I'm jesting with you now. He laughed. He said, "These are learned tastes." He said there is a season in life you are supposed to learn them. If you didn't learn it. The time has passed. I said, finally, you have answered this question for me. One of the worst things you can do in life is be a smoker. Cigarette smoking is useless from the beginning to the end. The first time you puff it, it's bad. The next time you puff it, it's bad. Ten years later, after smoking regularly, it's worse than ever before. But after a while, you can't help but smoke it. Why? You've trained yourself to enjoy it. we drag it like this. Ah, so you are being filled with the Spirit. And some of us are looking at you like... <laughs> like, what's up with you? Why? We did not condition ourselves. I hope you're getting my point. Yes. So you have a responsibility in life to condition yourself. So what the Spirit of God does is to tell us what to take on actively by our decisions. That's what I was talking about love. Read my book. Shall I say yes? I, so those of you who are not married, arranged marriage is the will of God. Oh? Very, important. Very important. God blesses Mama Gio. Arranged marriage is good. Not forced marriage. That's a forced marriage. Yes, arranged. Maybe you have a single for a long time. Your friend just comes and say, Come. It can be a man, it can be a woman. In fact, it has to be both, anyways, it's an arrangement. Just say, Okay, Angela. It's a brother we thank you should marry. What do you mean? Wait. He loves the Lord. And he tell you a number of things. So let's you meet him tomorrow. And they have also told him. What's Angela's husband's name? do, do, do you have a name for Angela here? Okay, All right, fine. it's in Nemeka. Okay. Alright, fine. So it's okay, Nemeka. You she come and marry Angela. Say what? I say, look, look. And they tell you all good, good things. Don't be like, ah, it's movie that says it doesn't happen. In real life, it's the will of God. Especially, okay, let me not go there. Some people, I will get stuck there now. Look, go and see Angela. If you see her, you like her. Marry her. You pray, well, I'm not saying she don't pray. But don't think that, uh, you know, uh, you know I, I need to have this feeling. Hey, that's satanic. Satan that wants to confuse you with feeling. If Angela loves the Lord, just ask them. A woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Does she fear the Lord? They say yes. Just tell them, say, okay, I'll meet her in church during the wedding. I don't have to see her ahead of time. Don't worry. Uh, That's a bit of an extreme, but it works, it works, it works. Isaac met Rebecca after service. Ah. Uh-huh. Did I meet the river for the service? No. He <laughs> didn't even come for the service. They just said, is, 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 is that my Lord? He said, yes, that's all God. That's all Ah uh-huh. That's it though. marry. Yeah, that is what are you talking about? All this learning marriage from Hollywood is what's the cause now of our problems. We should have churches with counsel. Those who love the Lord though. All the, others. We are child, the, girl, child, the so Yeah, share out the girls, share the boys. everybody, go and marry. Let's start with it. The Lord is good. I'm not kidding. Do you know Martin Luther? You know how he got his wife? The Martin Luther, you know, the Reformation Martin Luther. Do you know how he got his wife? They didn't know what to do with the girl. They did not know what to do with the girl. This girl gave them a headache. He said, What do we do with this former Reverend Sister? She was a Reverend Sister. He said, Ah, but can no, get wife <laughs> They said no. So just okay, please, there's no there's nothing we'll do with this girl. So and because you know, the society that time, they couldn't keep her there. They had there were girls that were dropped dropped in a convent somewhere. So the whole society was changing and all of that. So they moved all of them out. They moved them to a home. The way the laws are, you can't keep single girls here. They say, okay, brother, this you marry this one. That's it, she's gone. But that's what they do, do, do. Finally, he remained one notorious. That girl was a troublemaker. <laughs> the guys looked at each other and said, What do we do? They now remember that Martin Luther, you know he was a priest. He said, ah, Martin Luther never married now. So they just come and say, Eh, oga okay, this is your own. <laughs> that's it. All. That was how Martin Luther married. I'm, now what I've told you, it's not a joke. You may be laughing, but it's exactly what happened. You gave Martin Luther your wife, and then the story I read, she was the she was the bedrock of his ministry. She was such a hard bitch; she didn't take nonsense. Martin will be preaching money after at night. She's looking at everybody, free preaching. People are not serious. Everybody, bring money. Said the girl was not easy. But you know the gather men teaching them Bible. The woman will wake up in the morning. Everybody, Bible studies by five o'clock. From now to evening, everybody to the farm. Drive all the men out. Go and farm. What are we going to eat? Just be here. Pastor will be teaching, preaching, preaching, preaching. Now say we go job. She will match out all the Bible st- school students. If you don't farm, she is not giving you food. <laughs> no, go and read off her story. Very interesting woman. And had been a proper priest. All this, he didn't know it. They just gave him a wife and he married her. And the two of them lived together happily ever after. after the feeling is overrated. If I knock at your door one day, single man, say, Hey, come, this girl, I want you to marry her. Don't argue with me. <laughs> I won't even cover myself. I'll send an apostle to you. Okay, Muti, take this girl, meet that guy there. Two of them should come meet me in church. So I would say, Do you? I say, You do take this guy. <laughs> I know more than you. What's your problem? I've seen into the realm of the Spirit. I won't force you, okay? But you should trust me. You just say, Ah, Pastor knows the Lord. He knows what the Spirit is saying. And with the point I'm making, guys, ladies, is that look, don't let's. Arranged marriages scare you. It's not forced. Hmm? It's not forced. It's a feeling thing I'm talking about. Feelings are created by thoughts. They are created by decisions. That's the problem I'm going to make. What you choose to love, you will love. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say. What you choose to love, you will love. Yes. I've been around a bit. Do you know? Yeah. You go to some countries, you know, go around the world, go to different places, cities, even in Nigeria, beautiful places. But usually when I'm done, I'm just in a hurry to go home. I don't know why. I've just set my love in my house. Some say they can travel for six weeks, five weeks, eh, sorry, six months. No go see their wife and not see a no-go. I don't mind. How can you live and not see a no Even if you just come one day, stay overnight, then go back. It's just, that's how I, that's how my feeling is, been to beautiful places, I'm looking at them like this. I'm just thinking, when am I going home? And you're like, this is your enugue where you don't want to live. Say, what is there? I don't know, too. But I have chosen, do you get my point? To love. That's how it is. You can choose to love Jerusalem. The Bible talked about that. You set your love of Jerusalem. Now, I'm not talking about the one in the Middle East. I'm talking about Church of Christ and all of that. Okay? So, please bear that in mind. We're just talking about how life is controlled. Now we may have laughed a bit. I need to summarize that. Some you think I was joking. I wasn't joking when I said your friends, your relatives, your brethren can I arrange for you. That was not supposed to be a joke. We may be laughing though, I mean what I said. It's a joke when I tell you that, meet me in church. I will just join you to somebody you have never met. I will do that only once or twice in this life, but generally we won't do that. I hope you are getting my point. But you get my idea. Uh, this uh, Cinderella story mm-hmm. mm-hmm. is not necessary. All right, if you, do, if you make up your mind to love somebody, God will give you the grace to love the individual. I hope you're getting my point. Uh-huh. Because uh, you know I was talking about the uh, Hosea, and that grace is quite quite great. Amen. <laughs> so back to what I was saying. So what is meditation? You know that's always become lot of this from that you speak according to what is what. Written not according to how we feel. That feeling is overrated. Feeling is supposed to follow our decisions. Feeling is supposed to follow what we fill our hearts with. Feeling will follow how we use our tongues. And what God did was to give us a tongue with which to do two things, all right? Well, amongst the other things, it does communicate and all of that. But when it comes to spirituality, there are two main things the tongue does. That is, the speaking of words. In Christianity, well, Pentecostal teaching, faith over the last few decades, we use the word confession a lot. And what we mean is to be speaking the word of God all the time. Now, there are two sides to that. I said it last time. You can either be prophesying or you are what? Meditating. We are looking at meditation today. We've talked about prophecy. Meditation is a crucial habit that Christians must form. Let me say that one more time. Meditation is a vital habit that Christians must form. It must become a habit. It must become a habit. I stumbled into a teaching video, psychology, actually, recently. I didn't think about that. I'll watch the video again before uh, coming today. It talked about the importance. I think it was a TED talk. It was a TED talk. All right. It was a psychologist talking. They're talking about the importance of talking to yourself. I, I hope you're getting my point. Now, let me give you a practical thing that happened to me over the last few years. Now, as you grow older, you tend to forget a little bit more. And it's not dementia. I'm not talking about dementia. I hope you're getting my point. You know why? You have more things. There have been times I pick my phone. I want to, call. I, 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 didn't even remember I dialed the person. And now, the person will not answer. Hello? Who's that? I'm the one asking, who's that? I dialed, though. And I say, ah, uh, okay. I say, oh, sorry, Israel, it's you. Uh, sorry, why did I call you again? And just out of respect, he's not telling me, are you okay? <laughs> but I'm like, you called me, ask me why you called me. But of course, I really mean it. He said, what happened? You have a problem with my remind- memories? No. He says, I picked the phone, all right? I was doing something on the computer. Why doing it, you know, it takes a few seconds before the phone begins to connect, all right? My wife has called and said, please, do you know where this is? That's a third thing, all right? And as he's calling, somebody drives past and blows a horn. And I'm thinking, am I expecting somebody? All of that while, the network is connecting. And then because my phone has a, of course, many phones have that, it gives you a, a, a pulse when your call is picked. So the phone is in my hand. Suddenly I feel that pulse. And I, ah, wait, I doubt somebody. So I put in my hand, hello? So at that point, you know, I'm tracking four things at a time. So I answered the person who I called. I say, sorry, why did I call you again? Nothing's wrong with my brain. I'm not forgetting things unusually. It's just that when your eye is single, your whole body is full of light. But when your eye is not, everything becomes dark and fuzzy. Do you follow my point? That's the problem a lot of times. So, is the reason why, <laughs> and I'll give you a few tips of wisdom when I'm teaching, all right? One of my chiefs told me that when I was in Lagos just this. He said, don't ever hide something in a place where you're not likely to ever look for it. It was from experience. What is his reason? He said, you that hid it, you will forget. And then you start looking for it, you won't even remember. So when you hide something so badly so that nobody will see it, even you, you won't see it. (laughs) So I've learned over time, there are places I keep certain things. So if you come to me, six months later, where do you hide this, this thing? There are places I go to look for it. And it works most of the times. I learned that from my chief when I was in Lagos those days. He said, no, don't hide things where you are not likely to look for them. Why am I saying all of these things? All right, you see. So after a while, you know, I, it got to a point I started, my wife would call me sometimes and I said, are you in the house? I said, yes. When are you leaving? I said, I'm leaving the next 10 minutes. Please, help me bring my bag. I left it on the bedside. I would say, okay. Then she would say, put in the car now. I said, don't worry. because my mind, I have to do what I'm doing go down, put in the car. You are getting what I'm saying. So, of course, you know the way. Half of the times, when you get away, where's my bag? Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> Why am I saying of these things? A if few if months ago, maybe a year, not over two years, God, you finally gave me the wisdom. And it works well. What is it? Anytime something like that comes up, I tell myself, try it. It works. My, my, my wife says, bring my bag for me. And I don't take it immediately. I'll just tell myself, As I'm walking. My wife said, bring the black bag back. She kept it on the bedside. Don't forget it when you are leaving. I say it and control what I'm doing. That cuts down drastically the amount of times I forget. I, I do that routinely now. I mean, I'm supposed to take this thing and put, keep it somewhere. All right? And I want to hide it. It's okay, so my tab. I just put it here. As I'm putting it there, I say, I put the tab under the magazine, on top of the pulpit in Kingdom Word Office, I just say it to myself, once or twice, the day I start looking for it, it just plays back. That's what David Mayo say, my reign doth instruct me in the night seasons. It just speaks back to you. Try it, it works. Just try it, it works. So this is the one I want to put some, in fact, I do that a lot. Somebody maybe won't, like I want to hide the key, the key for somebody. All right, as I'm putting the key there, I just say, the key is, as you enter the office, is behind the first tool. I just say it to myself. Why? I may forget to tell that person. He want to say, where is the key? You can just place back. The key is behind the first tool as soon as you enter the office. I'm talking about the power of the tongue. I use it these days to remind myself of things. If I have things to do, I just tell myself, you're supposed to do four things this morning. Don't forget any one of them. I, I t- I, it's like an instruction. I mutter it to myself a few times. Right? You're supposed to take this bag. You're supposed to put this one. You're supposed to call this person. Do this one. I just say it. For me, it's, it's the next thing in line to writing it down where you can see it. Believe, no, what I've told you now, just write. You will see it works. It helps you remember things words print things on your mind. And it's divine arrangement. That's what I'm making. It's divine. It's divine. It's the way God made us. And so when he's giving instructions to people, he tells them, make a habit of speaking the word to yourself. It's why he said to Joshua, we read it again now, he said, this book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate. Remember, meditate means what? Mortar, speak to yourself. Those are the two best ways to explain the word meditate. But you shall meditate. That is, mortar, speak to yourself during day and night. There are mystical habits, pardon me to use that word, All right. that Christians often neglect to participate in. And one of them is meditation. See, life is spiritual. You know, I have told you, everybody must be in a cult. If you have not joined a cult here, you, look, you're in trouble. The reason why I can't join UBUNI is that they are too cheap. It's, you know, at this level in life now. So, first of all, you need to improve yourself academically. And I go to Weasville to go and register in primary two. You know I'm on a research project. It's not that I'm trying to improve myself. Do you follow my point? Uh-huh. If you ask me now you want to improve yourself academically, I have to tell you that ah, I'm applying for a course. It's a six-week course in So University. I, of course, not BSc, not MSc, not even regular PhD. He has to be a postdoc or something. You have to talk about it. Do you follow what I'm going to say? It's the reason why I can't be going to Oboni, it's primary school. I'm going to join Oboni at this level in life. When I have seen Jesus Christ, be joining Oboni. I hope you're getting my point. You know what? I've joined a cult, so I don't know about you. I've joined a cult. The cult I've joined is a heaviest, the deepest, the tallest, the widest, the most robust, the most powerful. It's called the cult of Christ. We don't drink useless blood there. We're going to kill a sinner stranger. We're going to be drinking bo- b- blood of meh. <laughs> Go to blood? No. The blood we drink. Jesus gave it to us. This is my blood. The blood of the new covenant. Say, so drink this one. Drink this one. He said, "Which is let people's liver and eat." Let me be honest with you: whatever you eat, you become like him. Do you follow my point? Yeah. When I want to eat, I eat his flesh. He gave that to us. He said, "How do you get the flesh to eat?" He said, "Gather, take bread, break it. That's how you eat his flesh." It's an—pardon me to use the expression—it's an occultic practice. You must bear it in mind. It's deep occult. It's, di- it's very deep. It's deep. It's really, really deep. Sometimes I think, now nah, I've never done this, but one day I went and preached somewhere. One man said, Pastor, if you say that, in my people may take it literally in my mind. Ah, let them take it literally now. It will help them. What I'm about to say. I said, look. Because if you would take it literally, that means you're still at that level. I said, close your door one day. Dim the light. Who can on the table? Seriously. Shout out your family. The light is dull. Everybody the light one candle in front. As lying, they light the candle, say, this is the light of the world. Light, oh, no, this is the Lamb of God. And you see all of those things. Light of life, light of life, light. just light it. Say, Jesus, the light of the world. Hallelujah. Is, is it bad? No, 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 you say, check. is it bad? I say, when you finish lighting the candle, then bring bread. Then break the bread. You have your wine there. You take part the wine and repeat what Jesus said: "This is my body." You take the wine. This is the blood of the new covenant. As you drink it, you know you do all of this in remembrance of me. We are enacting the covenant, and when you drink, you say, "This is the Lamb of God." Mm. <laughs> his blood was broken, His body was broken for us. Mm. I'm telling you, I'm not joking about it. For if you come from an African setting, you will know that what you are doing is serious. Ah. Don't let me say more things to scare people. Well, i have told you how to dress. <laughs> I'm telling you. You just be saying, you know, you be saying things as you are breaking the bread. His body was broken. Amen. Ah, my sins were forgiven. Amen. My sickness is taken away. Amen. Do you know we saying amen one after the other? I'm telling you. When you finish, all of you will be filled with the Spirit. By this blood, we declare that our lives belong to him. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you. <laughs> As you are drinking... You say we will never deny him. Hallelujah! He's <laughs> the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. Amen. At the end of one hour, all of you will be walking in the Spirit. I'm telling you. So, Pastor, why must we go like that? Because you're an African. You have to see that this is real occultic practice. Let me tell you. If you finish doing that one, you know, you're going to on the road. You know, you burst into laughter. You just go to a meeting. Say, good afternoon, sir. Uncle, please, we have a meeting in our house once in a while. You want to see real cult? Come. But before you come, you must give your life to Christ. Say, eh? Hey. So how do we start it? Baptism, because you can't enter that place except you are washed in water. Say, well, we have one big pool at the back of our church. Come. Say, after me, Jesus is Lord. Forgive me of my sins. We we'll baptize. Ah, when the bony man comes there, he too will see power. For he knows and there's breakthrough. They all the shrines in town, but people think that Obonima has has power. Our own God is just keeping us from the Obonima. We are the problem. The Obonima needs protection from us. I don't know whether you're getting my point. We are the troublemakers. I pray we get it. They should be praying, having vigil, because we have come. You see, when I see movies, videos. That they make it look as if Satan is coming. Christians begin to pray. It annoys me. So why do you make it look like we are the we are the weak ones? God needs to defend us against strong enemies. No. We are the problem. We are the do you understand? We are the, we are the terror of the society. They need protection from us. Remember once they said there was an outbreak of meningitis. Everybody go and take vaccine, vaccine, vaccine. Boom, it's very terrible. I was not, see, I believe in vaccine. Alright? I'm not saying it's I'm not one of those people that say I don't take COVID vaccine. If you take COVID vaccine, something bad will happen to you. Most of those things nonsense. nonsense. You want to take COVID vaccine, it, it turns out it doesn't work very well, but it has some effect. Okay, fine. Alright? So, But all that life they are telling you is not true. Okay? okay? I believe in vaccines. But that day, I refused to take. For only one reason, I was offended. Why was I offended? The man who came to tell us was my consultant at that time when I was in Lagos. He came with a panicking voice. Ah! This one is deadly. Who? Before he catches you like this, you're dead. Within two, the multiplies fast. Everybody, stop what they're doing. Stop what they're doing. Stop what they're doing. He made us stop walking. Everybody, to, uh, to uh, my accident at the emergency. They are giving me that to staff free now. Go, 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 go. Sorry, boy, they're the van. I said, I'm not going. I went and sat down. Maybe by force. They said, why? I said, it's an insult. I said, I will hear the noise of meningitis, I will run like this. I said to them, I said, meningitis, you hear my name, and run. I refuse to take it. No, I'm sorry. I refuse. This is the kind of person I used to be those this. Eh? I just refuse. I said, I'm not taking. You bring it here, I will not take. And the only thing I had as a reason was that this man said to me that I should run now before the thing kills me. I said, no. When you get there, tell meningitis, it should run before I get there. I refuse. to. I look back now, it was a very dangerous decision because the kind of place where I was. We used to, I mean, touch all kinds of things. I said, No, I'm not going. What am I going to say? We are the aggressor, thank you. We are the one pursuing the devil. The devil is not pursuing us. You know, the devil now came. The devil now said, I will not make progress. I said, Devil, I say to you, you will not make progress. If you say anything about just as Pastor said, You won't make progress. <laughs> The bank said you won't do well. That's why I've told you before. I'm not afraid of Islamic agenda. I have said in this nation, the agenda of Christ will stand. Yeah. Oh, how did I get into that? Trying to emphasize to us that there are occultic, can I beg you to use the word? Okay, let me use the word occult. Let me read it. There are occultic or mysterious, mysterious practices that we Christians must get involved in. Do you follow my point? That communion table is one of them. Do this in remembrance of me. That's what Jesus said. Do this in remembrance of me. As long as you do it, Paul said you are are reminding yourself, you are enacting that sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. That's one. The other mysterious and deeply spiritual, if you don't like the word cultic, practice, we must be involved in this meditation thing. You know about meditation? It's like when you use your mouth, there are two things you are doing, what we call confession. One, you're either meditating or you are prophesying. I'm not talking about prophesying because we talked about that last time. Now I want to focus on this meditation aspect. It should be a habit. In fact, when I was thinking about what am I teaching today, what state of my mind is the habit-forming thing about it. We've talked about meditation again and again, but I have come today to tell you, to tell everybody listening to me, this a commandment of the spirit. Now is make a habit of meditation. That's what I was saying. All of this is about the mystery. Look, you have a roommate as an example. Let them wonder what is wrong with you. But go, I, they will stumble into the room. They see you do. Are you okay? Yeah, you are meditating. After a while, they get used to it. You know. <laughs> This is when I was in university. I remember one particular day, one holiday, we were in a room. One brother came, he came from outside, he came to stay with us. He had to do something on campus, so he shared room with us overnight. You know, the guy made me panic. I wasn't used to these things, but apparently he was. So, me and he would be in the room. You now, I'm used to normal people being silent if they're not talking to you or they are not praying. This guy, he's sitting down, and he was always saying something. Do you know, at the point in time, I'm not lying to you, I dressed up and left. Yeah, I dressed up and left because I was like, is this brother okay? Before somebody attacked me, I'm going somewhere. <laughs> I can see one very tall, dark brother like this. I was quite tall. I was young, that time I was like, ah. But the guy wants to wear his shoe. He's wearing his shoe, he's talking. He's removing his shirt, he's talking. He's going to have a bat, he's talking. He's coming back from where he's having his bath, he's talking. At the moment the guy gave me the creeps, like they say. I dressed up and left. But later on, I said, Kai, this man was really, really spiritual. I was the one that was confused. What things he was saying, he was always confessing the scriptures, always talking the word of God to himself. And that time he had challenges. That's why he actually came to school to sort some things out. He, every word from his mouth was a word of victory. He wouldn't keep quiet. That was why I left the room. He didn't know how to keep quiet. He's wearing his shoes, he's saying something. He's declaring that ah, the Lord has made me the head and not the tail. I'm seated in heavenly places, far above principalities and powers. You see, it's almost as if he's fighting. Fighting on same forces, driving evil back. He who don't keep quiet. But because I wasn't used to it, he gave me the cribs, I left. But now I realize that he was a spiritual man. Like I told you, you need to scare your roommate. Not deliberately, but I told you, the word of I brought today is a habit thing. The Lord demands. He said, "This book of the law shall not depart from where your mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein once in a while." Okay, during the day. When? Day and night. you know what it means? You wake up during the night. Your You want to go to the bathroom to go and ease yourself. First thing you say. I thank the Lord. He makes all grace work towards me. I have all sufficient in all things. I am bound. You, you just say it. You just say it. All things are working together for my good in the name of Jesus. In all of this, we are more than conquerors. What can separate me from the love of Christ? Nothing. Nothing. Not death. Not hell. Not prosperity. Not economic challenges. Nothing can separate me from the love of Christ. Before I was born, he knew me. Before I was formed, my my mother's way, consecrate me for a particular purpose. He ordained me as a prophet to the nations. Whatever he says I will go, I will go. Whatever he says I should do, I will do. Whatever he says I should say, I will say. I will not be afraid of any man. He has made my head strong. My fore is stronger than their own. I will not be afraid of them. They will not terrify me. Lest the Lord terrifies me against them. In the name of... You're just talking. You're just talking. At the point in time, it becomes such a regular habit. You don't even know you're saying anything. Do you get my point? Yes. Listen, that is the instruction of the Spirit I'm bringing to this, an instruction of the Spirit. No more closed mouths. This mouth, this mouth must walk. It must walk. It must walk. It must walk. Look, when we are praying in the house, I tell you, you know, yeah, one of the things we do, are just okay, now, we are taking, as an example, we we'll do that in Psalm 34. Right, let, me just, let me just flip over to 34, 37, any one of them I get to first. Okay. 37. i just alright. We are doing I'm continuing. We are doing 37 verse 1 to verse 15. We'll just take something like that. Alright? And I'll tell them that. Alright. Let's read together. Everybody will read. Do not fret because of doers. Do not be envious to wrongdoers. For they will wither quickly like the grass and feel like the green herb. Verse 3 says, trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and cultivate faithfulness. I tell them, everybody, you have two minutes. Meditate on verses 1 to 3. And everybody, what are you supposed to do? You take it. I will not fret because of evil doers. I will not be envious towards sinners. Just be declaring up up and down. Declaring up and down. Say so for the wither quickly like the grass and feel like the green herb. I trust in the Lord and I do good. I dwell in the land and I cultivate faithfulness. I trust in the Lord and I do good. I dwell in the land and I cultivate. I tell them that look, your mouth must move and your body must move. The body movement is not crucial like the mouth movement, but the body movement helps you focus. It's funny. It doesn't allow you to get distracted. So I said, everybody, face up and down. Move your head. Do it. In fact, really, that's why, you know, <laughs> I was talking about mystical practices. Some of these that I'm saying, I didn't learn them. I've never done mysticism. Never. Are you getting my point? I, I didn't give my life to Christ out of Hare Krishna. No. <laughs> the things I'm saying, I learned them from scriptures. Yet because I'm informed about things going on around, I started looking back and say, oh, oh, oh. So, this is the spiritual side that these people understood or they understand that many Christians don't. Like, I found out, listen, those days, I think it was um, one of these documentary channels. They explained the origin of coffee. Coffee, this coffee was drink. They, they tried to trace, you know, from writings and everything, who were the first to actually be drinking coffee. They think it came from somewhere in Northern Africa, and the name there was Kwawa, or something like that. All right. I said Kwawa. I can't remember for sure. And what was it for? It was a concussion, a drink, that mystics used for meditation. Because they will decide they are going to meditate a whole night. And to keep themselves from falling asleep, they will brew coffee and drink it. Now, modern day, people brew, brew coffee to drink so they can walk. You no know, physical work. But the people that began it, from what I was told, they used it purely for what? Meditation. They stayed up at night talking to themselves. Let's bring that to Christianity now. They spoke to themselves, now I'm talking, I'm adapting, adapting it now. They spoke to themselves the word of God. During the day, no problem with falling asleep, but at night, he said, no, I don't want to fall asleep. So they drank a brew of coffee and they stayed down, they stayed there, and they'll be declaring spiritual things, meditating, contemplating spiritual things. I believe, I believe, listen to me, I believe what I'm about to say, that God is unable to give us the depth of revelation he wants to give because not enough of us spend enough time meditating. Now remember, what are we talking about? Prayer-like activities and aids to prayer. Now, we've said prayer is when you are talking to God. When you're confessing, there are two things. Either you are declaring, which is prophetic, and the thing about prophetic words is that there are How do I say it now? They are sowing seeds outward. They are giving direction to things outwardly. I hope you're getting my point. But what is meditation? You are sowing the seeds inward. You are giving direction to your body. You are giving direction to your soul. You are giving direction to your spirit. You are drinking of the life of God that's containing his word. I hope you're getting my point. Meditation is like you are feeding your soul, literally. Yes, we read. We read. We read. We listen to messages. They are both good. They are very crucial. In fact, that is where we get m- the things that we are going to meditate concerning. But the real assignment, the personal assignment of spirituality that we have is that we're putting the, the words in our mouth constantly. Everything you put in, you learn must be formed into meditations. Instructions. You know, the word of God has different aspects, all right? Let's go by number of them. Number one. Number one. Let's give the order in which I gave it, alright? You are right. Let's go by it again. Number one. Number two, precepts. precepts. Number three, four. commandments. Number four, testimonies. And number five, ordinances. Now, we'll leave ordinances for a moment because ordinances are things that you perform. Okay? So, let's take the first and the other four. All right? Now, all of this, all right, you speak to yourself in them day and night. The promise of God, what does it do for you? It begs for you. I said it the other day. One of the things it begs for you, number one, Full persuasion. Full persuasion. Full persuasion. You hear the word so much, you become fully persuaded concerning it. It's not just because of the mechanical utterance, but because of attention you are giving. The spirit breathes upon the word. It gives you full persuasion. It boosts faith in you. As you are doing that, all right, both from the full persuasion and faith that is begotten as a result of this, it starts giving direction to your life. I hope you're getting my point. It will cure addiction, I'm telling you. It will cure bad habits. It will cure. You know, when God, there are different ways He manifests His power. We began all of this from what? Prayer. When you are finished praying, I said, when you finish praying, one of the things you do as a result of prayer, having gotten an answer from God, is to what? Start prophesying. The other way by which God, because you see, many times we pray for things. Let me tell you something to you quickly. If you pray for something, it's as if the answer is not coming. You don't really need to go and ask God again. One of the things you pray sometimes is that, God, what am I supposed to do? Because sometimes what God is asking you now, or what God is requiring of you, is there are certain actions you are supposed to take. Let me give you an example. Moses went to the edge of the Red Sea, and they had problems. Egyptian army was coming this way. The sea was in front. They couldn't go anywhere. So he turned to the Lord, and God said, hey, wait, not time for talk. What am I supposed to do? God said to Moses, your deliverance is in you, stretching forth your rod over that sea and dividing it. I hope you're getting my point. Listen, there are different ways God answers prayers. But for Him, the most important thing that answers must do for you is to rearrange you into the person you are supposed to be. I hope you're getting my point. So sometimes, okay, let me give an example. When I was in school, I needed to pass a course, remember? Told the story. And I went and prayed, and God said, See, two things you're going to do. Now I'm saying, God said now, then I didn't know it was the Holy Spirit. I just knew those thoughts came to my mind. I don't know how I just knew that these are the instructions you must obey if you want to pass. Number one, start reading this subject. You are not reading it. I said, okay, I should start reading it. Because God wants you to know it. Number two, stop saying it is volatile. I used to confess all the time that that particular subject was volatile. Do you know I obeyed those two instructions? That very first night after my prayer, I began to read it. A friend of mine came to class sat beside me and said, ah, this subject is very volatile. The very thing that the spirit just told me never to say again. So I attacked him. I fired at him, cocked my spiritual gun, and told him it is not volatile. Then I turned again and said, it is not volatile. <laughs> then the third time I said, it is not volatile. The guy looked at me and said, ah, ah. like, oh boy, we fight before. He didn't know that I was fighting a spiritual battle. I hope you're getting my point. So you see, the answer to my prayer, all right, required me to do those two things. You know, because the time was kind of short, and I had put God under, (laughs) I put the Lord into a corner. They had to bail me out. So he looked and said, Kai, this boy, what do I do for him? To make it easy. He just revealed to me three quest- four questions out of five the night before the No. One the night before the exam. Three of them a few minutes, like 30 minutes to one hour before the exam. That's how he executed that deliverance in my life. The night before the exam, I read one topic alone, which I read accidentally. They gave the, uh, the handout to us. We made photocopies. I put my own inside my book and forgot where it was. That night, as I was leaving the class, I still remember walking down LT3, the last of, la, uh, seconds of the last row on my right, as I was about to go out, I saw one of my classmates, that little handout in his hand. Then I remembered the handout. I'd never read mine. I just saw it, I think, beside him. I said, What is this? Yeah, I totally forgot him. I just picked it. Can I borrow this? He said, Yes. So I sat, I was leaving the class, I was going to sleep. So I sat beside him. And took thirty minutes to study it was a big diagram with comments. I studied the whole thing in about thirty minutes and gave it back to him. And thanked him. I went to the hostel. That was one of the questions I had to answer the next day. Just before I went to the, the exam hall, three of them they were dropped in my head one after the other. I just I was I was praying actually. Okay, I remember, I was lying down in the room. I was praying. Then I got up. To, I now remember something. I remember the questions till now, all of them. Okay. I just remembered, I said, oh, you've not read this So, So I got up from where I was lying down, sat down, opened the book, and began to study that. Then, one brother came to the room, started talking. So I got up because of that, and left, went to the reading room. I was in Hall 3, went to the reading room of Hall 2. I remember it very well, 1988. As I sat down, the next topic dropped in my mind. So, okay, you have not read this one. I'm remembering all of this. I just want to bore you with, with, with words. As I finished that one, the third one dropped in my mind again. So three of them I read, couple of the ones I read the la- night before. I went for exam. They gave us eight questions. Say answer any five. All these four lined themselves up there. So I did four and then had the option to pick one other one out of the other four. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, Why am I saying so? So you see, many times, when God wants to do something for you, he gives you, he has answered you, but now says, bring down the valley. Eh, sorry, bring down the mountain, elevate the valleys. Make a smooth you know, road for the Lord in the wilderness. Then the glory of God will be revealed. For me, that was the instruction. And after that, of course, for years now, I've been teaching people with some of those things. How you should do your work. How you should be faithful. How you should be responsible. I've used it to teach people how to pray. By the time I, in my final two times, next two exams, well, not the main one, that one after that, another exam after that, I God did something like that for me again. In my final exam, we had a lot of crisis in school, was going to give me problems, the Lord came through again with these same precepts. So I learned a lesson for the rest of life, and I'm teaching people with it now, 30-something years later. Sometimes you go, look, you, it is very, praise the Lord. You cannot have a happy marriage except God gives you a gift. are you getting my point? Yes, Yes, it's a gift of God. It is. However, He now teaches you what? Precepts. So as He's teaching you, giving you that gift, He also teaches you precepts. Sometimes you go and pray for some God and you say, hey, wait, come, sit down. Now let me just say something. Something I said earlier. See, feeling. Feeling, eh? Is overrated. What did I say? Is overrated. overrated. Forget that feeling first. Do actions. What did I say? Do action. actions. God will just teach you some actions to do. And with that, He releases a, a particular spirit, a particular blessing. Be it in mind. All right? I'm just going to teach you some of these things. So, back to where I began from. So, one of the crit- critical things we need to do in activating the opening the door for the release of the answer that we have gotten from God. All right, Is this meditation thing? Sometimes the way God says, look, I've heard you, I've heard everything you are saying, but I need you to be restrained in this area. So what do I do? Now, take the scriptures, put it on your mouth. You know one thing I've noticed about the Lord? Sometimes it's deliberately, deliberately holds some things back from you. Okay, let me put it this way. Do you remember that after Adam and Eve finished all the Orokuruku in the garden, After they ate the fruit, they were not supposed to eat. And then God came and they were speaking all the Spanish they were speaking. Remember? You know, when the Lord finished with them, you know, he drove them out. Why? He said, if I don't, they are going to stretch forth their hands and eat of what? The tree of life. And then live forever. What was he saying? They will live forever in a fallen state. You have a devil that doesn't die roaming around, can't be redeemed. Now, bear that in mind. So why didn't God give them the tree of life to eat? They want them to stay in that level. Do you get my point? Sometimes you're asking God for some things in life. To him, that is the tree of life. So I can't give you now. If I do, you will eat it, and you will never progress beyond this level. So what did the bully say? Keep praying will keep working on you. This thing you are waiting for will cause you to remain focused on the things of the spirit and I will be able to accomplish the spiritual development. Because the moment I give you release, you are going to remain on that level almost perpetually. That's why I say to people. Like I give my children, I say, listen, 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 listen. I give them a curriculum book. I told one of them this morning. These books I have given you to read. All of you are going to take turns to teach the rest of us. I say, you must study because without this study, there is no material progress. The study is not his book is spiritual book. So, how to work for God, guided by the Spirit, beyond gifts and talents. Someone is controlled. I just read like six books. Read, be transformed. Physics and chemistry are good, but they don't bring forth eternal life. Do you get my point? So let's learn the things of eternity. So that's what God does many times. He just says, hey, wait. I know you're asking me for something. I've heard you. Now listen. God doesn't need to be told twice. He heard it once. But why do we keep coming? We keep learning. Adam and, no, sorry. Abraham and Sarah, perfect example. The Bible talks so much about Abraham. I realize it didn't talk so much about Sarah. But it's telling us, to learn the lesson. Sarah had to learn that lesson. All the lessons Abraham learned, Sarah learned too. You want to know the truth? People say Abraham tricked Sarah when he went to sacrifice Isaac. It's not true. Sarah will have sacrificed Isaac too. Why? The Bible tells us by faith she received the power to conceive. It was not Abraham's faith that gave her conception. It was her own faith. It was her own faith. What am I talking about? You see Abraham and Sarah. Those two Children of God, all right. Every difficulty, every delay, every problem in their lives, the Lord was using to using it to bring forth spirituality in them. There is nothing Abraham went through that I couldn't tell you the story about God afterward. That's why you will hear that he built an altar and called on the name of the Lord. It is the name of God that he just discovered that is magnifying. The Lord my defender. The Lord my protector. The Lord my helper. The Lord my exceedingly great reward. Do you care what I'm going to say here? Let's bear this in mind. So what the Lord does, listen, back to the main thing, meditation issue. The Lord said, look, put this word in your mouth. I need this word on your lips constantly. As you are driving, I want all of you to start looking like crazy people. You enter a bus. Somebody shifts away from you because they're not sure you're normal. Why your mouth wouldn't close? You're not disturbing anybody. You're just muttering. You're just muttering. I'm a new creation. I'm in Christ Jesus. All things have passed away. I'm not the man I I used to be. I'm not the woman I used to be. The gifts of the Spirit are working in my life. Love, joy, peace, patience. It's working in my life. Goodness, kindness. They are walking in my life. They are coming out of me. The same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead is in me. Giving life to my mortal body. Sickness cannot stay in this body. Why I am healed by the stripes of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. I was born for a purpose. I was born for a purpose. None of these things move me. None of these things move me. Neither do I count my life as dear unto myself. None of these things move me. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It makes me lighter in green pastures. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He leaves me aside still waters. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Though I walk through the battle of the shadow of death, I fear no evil. But the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. In the name of Jesus. My help comes from the Lord. because of heaven and earth. Not let my foot be moved. He who keeps me will not slumber. Behold, he who watches over his and other slumbers, not sleep. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my helper. It's my shield at my right hand. The soul will not smite him by day, nor the moon by night. I will have no other God before him. I will not leave my, up, my treasure on the earth. Your judge is clear. <laughs> Are you getting my point? After I will always leave that guy, is not normal. You want to know when you arrive for big truth? When you hear people talking about it, you say, you are not normal. Hey, say, well, finally, I don't make up. Why do you say you are not normal? You won't stop talking to yourself. You know, if you check the scriptures, God wants talk, talk, talk. Blah, 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 blah. People that talk all the time to themselves. They're talking to one another when you come together. Can I just drop a small tip for Christians? Once in a while, I got that. Eh? It's good the way if you come on Fridays for Bible study. It's really nice. You see, we just talk. You know, we just, the talk is all Bible. Sometimes your home do that also amongst your friends. Say, guys, let's meet at this and also- I want to eat pepper soup and drink something mild. Don't go and drink or not, we may send you. Uh uh-huh. Just want to eat. And I said, just please, just go there. Not politics. Do you follow my point? You want to talk politics? Let's be spiritual politics. Don't talk problems. If you want to talk problems? Talk about God solving problems. Do you get my point? Just sit and say today. Let just 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 everybody come with a testimony. There are five of you, six of you gathered. Each person, what's your testimony? Bring a testimony. If you don't have, just describe the fact that you woke up this morning. You had a bath. You brushed your teeth. You had breakfast, or you didn't even have food in the house. But yet, God gave God gave you the strength to make it to this place, saying to you. My son, food will be waiting for you there. It's a testimony. But you must come with a testimony. From one testimony, another one will come. Another one will come. Spend the whole evening describing the goodness of God, talking about the Lord, magnifying God. Do you realize that Satan has won a major battle against many people in giving them something else to talk about as negative, and they're constantly doing it? They are constantly doing it. That is, every time. The problem with this... And they talk, 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 talk. Just sit and say, Today, oh, brethren, we are doing nothing else but talking about the Lord and his works and his goodness in our lives. The sacrifice of Jesus on this cross. We are meeting there by 6. We should be done by 11 o'clock. You know what happens if we continue like this? Read your Bible. We hear that God did special miracles by the hands of Paul hand catches taken from his hand, from his body all right we're taking to the sick you can be sure the kind of thing that happened with peter the aura around him healing the sick you know how wh- wh- when that began to happen this man had been teaching the word daily for two or three years teaching the word daily after a while he saturated the environment so much with the spirit of god sp- special miracles became normal I hope you're getting my point. Listen, God wants special miracles to become normal in the lives of his children. Do you get my point? Yes, he wants that. That his power just flows so naturally through, you don't even know it's flowing. Until I made this statement, now you didn't think about it. How many of you are breathing, see? You didn't think about breathing until now. Why? God has made breathing normal for you. Now, that's how God is going to make healing normal for you. The morning one of... Somebody else said, I'm not feeling well. just said, sleep, you will be fine. You see, we didn't even pray again. no. You just said, sleep, you will be fine. And without you saying anything further, all right? That word came forth, you didn't realize, but as a prophetic word. And the fellow sleeps, wakes up, and is fine. And what you don't know is that were it not for the power of God that was flowing... That would have been the beginning of a severe ailment. I hope you're getting my point here. I'm talking about what? Meditation. What is meditation? Take the word, place it on your lips constantly. You're in the house, that's what you are doing. You want to sleep, Is the last thing you do before you sleep. You wake up during the night, just drop a word or two. I hope you're getting my point. Yes, that way you are sowing into you. Remember, different spiritual activities. One, we've talked about prayer extensively. One aid to prayer is what? Agreement. Okay? But actions that we now take, prayer like activities. We've we'll talked about prophesying. Prophesying is directive, it's giving commandment, giving instructions according to what God has spoken. But the other one we're emphasizing now is what? Meditation. He said, then you meditate day and night. Let's read that again, Psalm 1. You know the thing? I told you these words, in fact, before we read someone, let me just add this one to it quickly. Some of my favorite scriptures of those days, Deuteronomy chapter 6. For us to know what God, how it takes words. It says, hear, O Israel, from verse 4. The Lord is our God, the Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your might. He said, these words which I'm commanding you today shall be on your heart. Now, that's verse 7 now. He said, then, you shall teach them, di- di- no, I like to relate to this in the Amplified. So you shall wet and sharpen them so as to make them penetrate, and teach and impress them diligently upon the minds and hearts of your children. How do you do that? You shall talk of them when you sit in your house, and when you walk by the way, and when you lie down, and when you rise up. He said, You shall bind them as a sign upon your hand, and they shall be as frontlets. That is, forehead bands between your eyes. And you shall write them upon the doorposts of your house, and on your gates. I just wanted to, you, you sit here how words are so important to god not only do you make the words enter your own heart he said, you shall wet that is to you know make a knife sharper and sharpen them so as to make them penetrate into the hearts and minds of your children you will teach and impress them diligently upon those young minds by constantly teaching them the things that i have said to you when you sit in your house and even if you are driving this is a lot of us drive Children are there, find find a story to tell. Say something, mock mock the silliness in this world. Let them know it is madness for somebody to be 12 years old. Say, he's now feeling like a girl. He's been a boy all his life. Tell them, this is against the word of God. God God, The Bible says that God has given them over to a depraved mind. Say, my son, my daughter, you will not be like that. Do you get my point? When do was small those days, my wife used to try and make him laugh. When he was a little boy, a year and a half, we telling him the story, stories of Tulotolo and Kajikaji. Kaji. Don't ask me who is Tulotolo and who is Kajikaji, I don't know. She did that for a few weeks or so. Then one day, I don't know what came upon her. She went for a meeting. That's why it's good to go for church meetings. They teach you the word of God. Then she realized that what nonsense is Tulotolo and Kajikaji. Kaji. How are they bringing the life of God into my son? So my son, say nonsense. So she came back and started telling the stories of Jonah and the fish. David and Goliath, Jericho and Joshua. I hope I get on my point. Yeah, there are stories that will excite children, but they are true. I hope I get it my way. Yeah, there are stories of children that will excite kids. And tr- so I remember that time. It became a joke with Bobo in the house. So he would tell you that. If you go to Tashish, fish will swallow you. Yeah, I used to say that. It became a joke. Hmm. Better go and eat your food, the fish will not swallow you. Disobedience was equivalent to your landing in the belly of the fish. Do you follow my point? My wife said to me that and she realized, what was this wasting of time with tulutulu and Kaji Kaji? We're telling Cinderella. Cinderella does not exist. And then you should tell the story of uh, if you want to tell fairy love story, fairy tale of love because, no. love stories the fairy tales. Tell that of uh, Rebecca and Isaac. Do you know that Isaac was not married then the father decided that their servant should go, Eliezer of Damascus or whoever it was that time should go and go and bring a young lady that they are serving God in their house. Only girls that serve God can the boy that serve God marry you. <laughs> See now, tell the story of how that man prayed and go and what he said. You know, the children are learning. Tostis never flew to heaven. Trust me. That thirst that I fell down and broke all his back. It's not not why the tortoise has that kind of shell. Stop lying to children. The tortoise has that kind of shell because God designed it like that. It's not an accident. Don't be lying to children. There are enough true stories to, to tell, you know. There are parables. A man went out to sew. Some fell by the wayside. Okay, give them his beans. Tell them the story of a Jack and the beanstalk, that giants came down from heaven. It's not true. The giants from heaven was because some angels couldn't keep their estate. The Bible is full of stories. Enough to excite children. Say so if you don't stay where God kept you, you will burn giant. too. <laughs> is that not Is that not good enough? The Jan and the being stuck, so walking to heaven. Nonsense. I will tell the story of David and his strong men. How David and one of the strong men took their stand in the field of lentils and defended it. Yes. I mean, you know the good thing about it is that if the children believe it literally, do you follow my point? Their faith is built up. Yeah. Not the one that they outgrow and realize everything was fairy tale. That's the problem we have in the society. So, now I think that, so you know what happened in most of, most of those worlds? In fact, I, one, one, I don't know his name, but it was a famous actor. going around doing good, you know, going doing good, doing good, doing good. And I said that, um, you know, yeah, we have to help one another because we cannot just sit down there and think that we are going to have a, fairy, a an imaginary friend from heaven that will come and help us. This guy was calling my Jesus an imaginary friend. I felt like telling him, but it's not his fault. It's because he has equated the story Bible, Bible stories with fairy tales. So they lump everything. You listen to people like Hitchens and uh, Dawkins, they lump the whole story together as if they are all fairy tales. What's the name of these famous um talk shows in America? It has a lot of common sense on his side. It was very, really very funny. What is his name? It's a white man. Eh? Huh? Bill Meyer, somebody mentioned him now. Yeah, Bill Meyer, okay. When he's talking, he says matter of fact. Like, look, these are all fairy tales. Talking about God, scriptures and everything. Why he lumped everything with um, least in Wonderland. Lumped everything with um, Cinderella and the prince. Is this, Cinderella is the one that lost one leg or shoe. One, one, one foot. Uh-huh. Nothing, nothing that uh, Abraham and... Uh, <laughs> One day one of my classmates said something, he posted something, a picture, somebody said, an old man started hearing voices. Then he left his house, mutilated himself, that's circumcision. And he left his father's house, it's Abraham. And that many years later, and then the man almost killed his son, because he's hearing voices, it's a sign of mental illness. So many years later, people are still following him. You know, He wanted to have Christianity, the one that God gave me to give him back. Ah, I said, I knew I was anointed that day by the Spirit of God. I said, at least you acknowledge it happened. There's a way, we, I, it, no, I know he quickly drops the argument. I said, at least you agree with me. It happened. There was this old man. He actually heard somebody speak to him. He left his house. According to the commandment of whoever spoke to him, he circumcised himself. And then as an old man, he had a child. And then one day, he went to sacrifice him. And the person who spoke to him said, don't sacrifice him. I will make your name great." And yes, indeed, because of that, thousands of years later, we are still following that faith. What am I going to say? He tried to make more clear of it. I said, but oh boy, it happened. Cinderella did not happen. Jack and the beanstalk did not happen. Jan did not climb down from, uh, cut the tree. Daddy, daddy, cut the tree. And then, no, it didn't happen. It didn't happen. My, my dad's did not happen. It didn't happen. But do you know what? Manna fed in the wilderness. It fell for 40 years. It did. These are stories you should raise children on so that they never have to outgrow it because they don't have to outgrow the truth. As for 30s. <laughs> if you want to use stories of 30s, eh, wait for children to grow older when they know it's folk tale, it's fairy tale. But the foundational one, let it be re- true stories. Please, I feel like just in small. You know, the Bible is very good, though. You know, the, Bi- the more I read this Bible, and you know, I-, I like science talk and all of that. You know, I found out that most of the things that science discovers these days, once it discovers something, we we'll find it in the Bible. Let me give you an example. Are you aware that science did not know until a few decades ago that the universe had a beginning? Any of you are too young? Do you know it's just a few years ago, I don't think it's up to 60 years, that physics, astronomy, finally discovered that the universe had the beginning. Up till a few decades ago, it was believed that the whole universe eternally existed until people like Albert Einstein came up years ago. And then, later on, they started developing the Big Bang Theory from observations of what Albert Einstein introduced some things. Then they started observing the universe and found it was expanding. And that quickly told them that it began from a particular point, And they started expanding. Then they have what they call the inflation theory now, of which it expanded greatly in the first microseconds. All right? Long story about it. John Lenox said, but it's in the Bible. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. See, the Bible always told us that this thing had a beginning. Do you get my point? Do you know this was discovered by physicists just a few years ago? For eternity, we have been saying, we believers, from scriptures, that in the beginning, that this universe had a beginning. Richard Dawkins and uh, Hitchens—they are unhappy with one thing: that it also looks like it's going to have an end. Hitchens said it's a sign that if God really made it, he doesn't know what he's doing. And we say, no, it's not true. It's in the Bible: heaven and earth shall pass away. (laughs) What am I saying of these things? Do you know you can tell children Bible stories; they become Nobel Prize-winning physicists later based on Bible stories. I can drop one or two for you, but I won't waste your time teaching. Look, I should have a physics class. Teach spiritual physics. I'll tell you things that people don't know now. They will find out later. I can show you from scriptures that the sun is not automatically generating its light and heat from collision of helium and hydrogen. Rather, it's a reverse reaction of converting. Let me leave it, because people are... do <laughs> <laughs> no, When I watch this, I think, I think, I say, ah. sometimes I say, oh, God, oh, let's go and do this physics because it's all in the Bible, all in the scriptures." They said the sun one day will run out of oil. I say it's not true. It, will, it one day God better go, will <laughs> blow on the sun. The sun will go out. You know the way can't do it. Your candle doesn't have to run out of wax. You, the owner of the candle, you look. <laughs> so your light is no longer needed. Now the glory of God is going to be their son. I dig like into that meditation. God is so emphatic on what we do with our mouths. I just added down training children, all right? Training them to know. You know the Bible says concerning Paul was writing. He said concerning Timothy. He said from your Youth, from your childhood. What did they say? What did they say? You have known the Holy Scriptures. Now, he was writing to a young man who was still young. And he was telling me, since you were a baby, you have known the Holy Scriptures, which are able to make you wise unto salvation. Ah, uh I'm talking about meditation. So, God said, fill your environment with this knowledge. That's what I'm saying. Fill your head. Fill everywhere. Back to your own life. Make meditation what? A constant habit of your life. Can we rise our feet and meditate a bit in practice, and then we'll go home. Hallelujah. Let's take one of the favorites in my household. Everybody open your Bibles to the book of Psalms 121. Psalm 121. Are you there now? If you are there, say Amen. Now, we're going to read from verse 2. If you have, um, which version are we using? American. Okay, New American. All right. Verse 2. We are reading all the way to verse 8. All right. One, two, let's go. My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow your food to sleep. Now, can we go over this again, please? I want us to personalize everything from here. All right. From verse 2, he said, My help. So, verse 3, he says, He will not allow my food to sleep. He who keeps me will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. Now go ahead to say, the Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade. It's not, the Lord will protect me. Do you get my point? So let's do that now. 1-2, let's go from verse 2. My hair comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. He will not allow my food to sleep. He who keeps me will not slumber. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade at my right hand. The sun will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. The Lord will protect me from all evil. He will keep my soul. The Lord will guard my going out and my coming in from this time forth and forever. Now, you have about um, seven verses there, two to eight. Meditate on it for the next five minutes. Meditation, meditation time. Remember the rules? You are moving your mouth and you are moving your body. He you said, My help comes from the Lord who made heaven and earth. I am not without help because my Lord is everywhere. He made heaven and earth. He has the power. He has the ability. He has the wisdom to help me. My help comes from the Lord. He will not allow my foot to sleep. Even though the ground may appear slippery, he will keep my foot standing. He will keep me firm. While He's always attentive, he never slumbers. He who keeps me will not slumber. He is the keeper of his people. He neither slumbers nor sleeps. The Lord is my keeper. The Lord is my shade at my right hand. The sun will not smite me by day, nor the moon by night. I will not be without help. I will not be without shelter. I will not be homeless. I will not be exposed to the elements. But his protective arm, his feather, his shadow will be over me. He will protect me from all harm in the name of Jesus. He will protect me from all harm. He will protect me from all harm. He will keep my soul, he will keep my going out and my coming in from this time forth and forever. Even though there may be troubles outside, he will protect me. As according to his word, no evil will befall me, no place will come near my dwelling place. Thirty more seconds, let's meditate on that. Thirty more seconds. The Lord is my helper. Again, let's go to the very well known Psalm twenty three. It's very well known. Doesn't make it without power. It's a meditation scripture. In fact, never forget it. But yeah, let's read together. Are you all right. Um, yeah, we're going to read all of it and then we'll meditate on it for a few minutes. One, two, let's go. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare it a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. All right, we have three minutes. Everybody made it on that. Speak to yourself. Say, the Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. The Lord is my shepherd. For that reason, I do not want. I shall not want. He will supply all my needs. According to his riches in glory, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. My salary is not my shepherd. The country is not my shepherd. My parents are not my shepherd. My friends are not my shepherd. My savings are not my shepherd. My investments are not my shepherd. But the Lord alone is my shepherd. Therefore, I shall not want. The young lions may suffer hunger, but those who have him as their shepherd will never lack anything. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside quiet waters. He's the one that leads me into the green pastures of life, not my own intelligence. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. He refreshes my soul. Yes, he does. He leads me in the path of righteousness for his name's sake. Everything I do is for his name's sake. He gives me his help for his name's sake. He leads me in what I'm supposed to do. I'm guided by the Spirit. I'm led by the Spirit of God. God. As I'm following him, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I fear no evil, because I know the Lord is with me. Lord, you are with me. Lord, your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. You anointed my head with oil. My cup overflows. What is the anointing? It's the ability of God. You have poured it over me. I have all the power I need. I have all the resources that I need to fulfill the will of God for my life. Thank you, Father God. Surely, goodness and your mercy, your loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Yes, I will dwell. I will never depart from the house of the Lord. The Lord Jesus will be my Lord forever. The Heavenly Father, Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, will be my Father forever. I will never deny the Lord. I won't. I won't. By his spirit, by his ability, I will not deny him. He will remain my Father He will remain my Father. Surely, goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. 15 more seconds. Let's bring that to a close. Hallelujah. 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 I want us to read something, just one more, and then we're done. Ephesians chapter 4. I want to emphasize from verse 20, what I want us to read, uh, there's a way Paul's words can sometimes be quite technical, so I want us to scale to a different um, translation to read this. Which one do we use? Let's use New Living Translation. If you can, just move over to New Living Translation. I know most people have smart Bibles these days, so it shouldn't be a problem. Ephesians chapter 4. Now, we're all going to read from verse 17. And we'll read all the way to verse thirty-two. We are going to take time to meditate on that. It's quite, it's quite some reading, but let's do it. All right, because now we want to meditate not only on those blessings and promises. We want to meditate on what precepts and commandments. I hope you're getting my point. But we have to obey. We don't obey promises. We become convinced of them. I hope you're getting my point. We don't obey promises. We become what? convinced of them, alright, and we can activate them because of our full persuasion of our promise, will now manifest in our lives as divine provision, divine protection, divine health, and stuff like that, but there is another set, precepts and commandments, which we are to walk by, and remember I said, we are not there to obey the commandments or those precepts, we are there to do what? What are we supposed to do? Answer me, we are supposed to do what? Believe them, Believe them. we are supposed to do what? Believe them. When you believe them, what happens? You start walking by them. They will come out of you naturally. So we also have to come to full persuasion concerning precepts and commandments. So meditation also helps us to come to what? Full persuasion concerning precepts and commandments. So we are going to read Ephesians chapter 4 from verse 17 all the way to verse 31. All right? And this it's full of precepts and commandments for of, for us. Because you see the earlier parts, Paul had written concerning spiritual truths that we're supposed to believe. Alright? He's now giving us precepts that will come out of our lives as a result of holding on to those truths. So we want to persuade ourselves also of these precepts and commandments. Are we there? Now let's read together. Are you ready? If you're ready, say I'm ready. Alright, want to let's go. With the lost authority, I say this live no longer as the Gentiles do. For they are hopelessly confused. Their minds are full of darkness. They wander far from the life God gives because they have closed their minds and hardened their hearts against Him. They have no sense of shame. They live for lustful pleasure and eagerly practice every kind of impurity. But that isn't what you learned about Christ. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from Him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes. Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. Stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. And don't sin by letting anger control you. Don't let the sun go down while you are still angry. For anger gives a foothold to the devil. If you are a thief, quit stealing. Instead, use your hands for good hard work, and then give generously to others in need. Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them. And do not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit by the way you live. Remember, He has identified you as His own. Guaranteeing that you'll be saved on the day of redemption. Get rid of all bitterness, rage, anger, harsh words, and slander, as well as all types of evil behavior. Instead, be kind to each other, tender-hearted, forgiving one another, just as God through Christ has forgiven you. Hallelujah. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, you know these words, if it was possible, you write them all over your house. I hope you're getting my point instructions of the Spirit. Now, we need full persuasion. We need to remember them fully. Remember I said at the beginning, one of the ways to remember things, at least worked for me over the last few months, is just talk to yourself about them. All right? I leave a, a, a bunch of keys somewhere. As I'm about to leave, I tell myself, you left this bunch of keys. Your car keys are in the top drawer of the general office. I just say it like that, because it's not the place I keep my key normally. It's just by my bag on my table in my office. Maybe because my office is locked, that's okay put it in the top drawer of the first table, and I just say it to myself, and it helps me to remember. In the same way, we repeat this instruction to ourselves, and it helps us to remember them and keep them. Now, because this is a lengthy read, okay, I, we may not be able to finish everything, but I want everybody to go through it. all right? And we have five minutes. Five minutes, and then we we'll share the grace and leave here. But let's meditate on these important scriptures, important instructions from the Word of God, so that we can live by them. This book of the Lord shall not depart out of your mouth, but you shall meditate therein, day and night all right let's start it all right from 17 we are going to be quick all right at your own pace choose the ones that are most important to you our advice you start from verse um, 21 since i've heard about jesus and i've learned the truth that comes from him i am throwing off the whole sinful nature and my former way of life which is corrupted by lust and deception instead i allow the spirit to renew my thoughts and attitudes i am putting on the new man in christ the new nature because i've been recreated to be like god Truly righteous and holy. Oh, Father, thank you. Because of the forgiveness that you have forgiven me in Christ Jesus. Making me truly righteous and holy. The old life is not my portion. It's not the way I'm supposed to live. The old life is not my portion. It's not the way I'm supposed to live. Therefore, I quit telling lies in the name of Jesus. This tongue, you will not tell lies. You will not lie overtly. You will not lie subtly. You will speak the truth to your neighbor. You will speak the truth to your friend. I speak to my tongue. I speak to my soul. Utter the truths. Stop telling lies. You will not lie because you are not a worldly man, but because you are a child of God now who has been recreated in righteousness and holiness. I will not sin by letting anger control me in the name of Jesus. I will not let the sun go down while I'm still angry because anger gives a foothold to the devil in the name of Jesus. My life, I order it in peace. The peace of God will overcome my soul in the name of Jesus so that anger cannot dwell therein. Oh, Father God, thank you, because your commandment is clear. He said, if I steal, I should stop stealing. I will not steal anymore. I will not take that which does not belong to me. I will not take that which belongs to my neighbor or to the government or that belongs to a stranger. I will not rationalize it and steal in the name of Jesus. I will use my hands to walk and trust you, Lord, to bless me. I will not use foul language or abusive language, but I will let everything that I say, according to your commandment, be helpful so that my words be an encouragement Grace to those who help them. And Lord, help me. I will not, not grieve the Holy Spirit. He said, do not sorrow, bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. Holy Spirit, I will not bring sorrow to God's Holy Spirit. I will not. In the name of Jesus, I speak to my soul. Do not grieve the Holy Spirit. My soul, don't grieve the Holy Spirit. By walking against these words that you have spoken today, I get rid of bitterness. I tap into grace to get rid of bitterness. Rage. Anger. Harsh words, slander. I get rid of bitterness. Bitterness against government. Bitterness against parents. Bitterness against those who have offended me. Rage, you will not have control over me. Anger, you will not have control over me. I get rid of all of you in the name of Jesus. The spirit of his age will not have control over me. Instead, hallelujah, I will be kind to other believers. I will be kind to my family. I will be kind to my friend. I will be kind to this nation. I will be kind to my co-workers. I will be tender-hearted. I will forgive just as God through Jesus has forgiven me. This is a life I have chosen. And I speak to my soul. Obey these precepts. Obey these instructions. Obey these commandments. Receive the power of God to walk according to these words. Henceforth, every word you speak will be the word of truth. Every word you speak will be honest words. Your hands will labor in honesty. Your hands will labor to be a blessing to other people because you are a new man in Christ Jesus. Because you are a new man in Christ Jesus. Father, I give you thanks. Let's begin to give the Lord thanks because of his words, his commandments, and his instructions in our lives. Let's begin to give him thanks. Say, Lord, we thank you. Let's receive from him the ability to obey these words. As we are speaking this word, said the spirit entered into me and set me on my feet. Give the Lord I said, Lord, thank you. For I'm receiving the Holy Spirit by the word. I'm receiving the Holy Spirit by the word. Say, Lord, I'm receiving the Holy Spirit by the word. Remember, read that book. Receive the Holy Spirit. Say, Lord, I'm receiving the Holy Spirit by your word. Your words on my lips. The words of meditation. I receive the Holy Spirit. I receive the Holy Spirit. I walk in the power of God. I receive the Holy Spirit. Father, I thank you. Say, Lord, I thank you.